Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast number 135 with the 800, Michael Lessie. Yes, he rode the two-stroke race last weekend, came up on top, and, and, and the 800 is a privateer now, and he qualifies for this show. All right? I don't want to hear anything else. Uh, thank you to uh, FXR Racing, designed by racers for racers, whether you look at uh, – Phil Nicoletti, whether you look at Brock Tickle, uh, many guys are using FXR Racing, and uh, I want to thank those guys for sponsoring the show. Uh, Popamex20 is the code to save at FXRRacing.com. You can go there and uh, check out the snow stuff as well, because it is October already. So they got a great line of snow stuff, and of course their moto stuff is next level, and they're doing a great job. The 2021 stuff is available now. Casual apparel as well. FXRRacing.com. Use the code and save, please. Thank you. Uh, Race Tech Suspension, giving Michael Lessie some uh, factory level suspension this weekend at the two stroke race and pulp 20 is a code to save with the folks at race tech. You can use race tech and use the code and get your bike working better. Get your bike some service as well. Uh, get the uh, motor service, get the suspension service and they'll dial you in. They're actually right now going through my CR 500 suspension and dialing it in. And I got something going on in the front end. That's going to be a little weird, but, but they're hooking me up with the folks at race tech and I have to pay and that's okay. I'm fine with it. Firepower parts as well. You know uh, the batteries and featherlight lithium batteries, and you know their chains are, that, that are made in Japan. But they got the oil now, and the oil to stand the test of any power sports vehicles. Two-stroke, four-stroke stuff, UTV stuff, all that kind of stuff. The all-new Firepower motor oil built from the ground up by a leading OEM manufacturer and is the highest quality. Firepower offers standard mineral oil all the way to ester-fortified full synthetic racing oil blended in the USA. Firepowerparts.com for more information on that. And also, I want to thank the folks at uh, Max's Tires, of course. Max's Tires, uh, Justin Rodbell, A-Ray, using Max's Tires out there. Uh, Max's.com for more information. Great mountain bike tires, of course. And uh, their MXSTs developed by Jeremy McGrath. The, the, the guys right now are using their Max's Scoop at the Nationals. So thank you to those guys. Namira Pistons, our buddy A-Ray, is using Namira in his two-stroke. Uh, since 2001, Namira has been supplying factory-level pistons and gaskets for every make and model, from two wheels to four, from weekend warriors to top athletes. And Namira's advanced piston technology has increased engine performance and reliability without increasing your budget. Follow them on Instagram or visit them online at Namira.com and see the latest news and application updates. Check out the 2020 personal watercraft line as well. Namira making pistons for everything. Everything and anything for the folks at Namira. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, here, here's, the, here's myself and the 800 talking about two-stroke races, four-stroke races, and much more. Thanks for listening. And now, as promised, on the Privateer Island podcast, which seems weird to have this guy on something called the Privateer Island podcast uh, presented by the folks at FXR Racing and, of course, Race Tech Suspension, as well as uh, Firepower Oils, Namira, and Maxis uh, Tires, it's the 800 himself, Michael Lessie. What's up, Mike? How are you, man? Uh, not much. Just uh, hitting the road, doing a little bit of driving, going across country, seeing some places, and nice. heading back home. Yeah, it's it, like I said, it, it's weird to have you on a privateer podcast uh, just because, you know, you're factory rider for so long. But that's where you're at nowadays. You're, you're semi-retired, I guess we'd say. Well, I guess semi-retired would probably be the right word. But, I mean, if the right opportunity ever came out of, you know, riding supercross and motocross again, I'd probably do it. Would you? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it would have to be the right situation and the stances that I would do it. Um, did you like, you filled in for for the Bullfrog Spas team, of course, at Supercross uh, the year before. Did you like that? Did you like jumping in like that? Were you okay with it? You're talking about last Supercross yeah, season in 19? Yeah, yeah it 19. It was tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're getting dropped off in the deep end of the ocean. And <laughs> all the guys have been, you know, yeah. up to speed and, you know, just being dropped. And it's like, okay, this is this is next level. And the guys are more than half through the season. 
up to speed fitness intensity. Yep. So yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Like I kind of felt like you were like you were probably like, oh shit, like oops, like you know what I mean. Like I'm not quite, I'm not quite where I need to be at this level. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's a, it's always definitely an eye opener when you you know you step away from Supercross and then you kind of jump back into it to help fill in for you know, the Moto Concepts team that called me and, yeah. and, uh, you know, I was like, man, I'm, you know, not really doing anything, just preparing for <laughs> the Canada series. And it's like, yeah. might as well do it. Yeah. And I made, I made every single main event, which was good. Yep. And my best finish, I believe was 12th at Seattle. So not yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, you've raised at the highest level, you've made a podium, you know, you, you've, you've done all these things. So, you know, jumping back in, isn't going to be totally foreign to you. You know, you do know how to race supercross, but yeah, it had to be a bit strange for you. That's all. Um, yeah, for sure. So, Glenn Helen, two-stroke world champion. Congratulations! Uh, this is something you've done the last couple of years. Um, yeah. What'd you What would you think? How was it? Well, it was good. If, for sure, it was good. But I mean, I've had a lot of bad luck since I won it in sixteen. Okay. With against Zach Osborne, and that day Zach gave me everything I could handle, and uh, I was able to win in sixteen. And then I was going to come back seventeen and broke my collarbone um, literally the weekend before. Uh-huh. So so that kind of sucked and then uh and then in 18 I didn't race it cuz I was up in Canada. So um yeah just kind of and then the last year with the rear wheel exploding was right. unfortunate but you know that's kind of how it goes and this year we kind of got all the ducks in a row and you know we got the bike all tested and got the suspension all set up so before we got to the race so I was actually really happy and comfortable. Uh-huh. And uh yeah it came out good. Got two good starts, ran up front. You must have and, been you must uh, have been shocked when D Marte caught you there late in the race. Yeah, you're, like, you're like, what the yeah, hell? <laughs> yeah, I, I so my buddy, he's my buddy, Dare D Martel. Yeah. He's from Northern California. Right. Good, great kid, comes yeah. from a great family. And um I saw him back there in like sixth, and I was just kind of just watching the guys, kind of seeing like the gauge uh-huh. and and all of a sudden, dude, like right after halfway, he just drops the hammer and goes by <laughs> uh Josh Grant, he goes by Justin Huff. Um, he just starts blowing by these guys and then all of a sudden he's on my ass and yeah, I'm yeah. like, Whoa, okay. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. And then right at the two lap card, he, uh, he got by me and I was like, okay, no big deal. You know, I'll take a second. It's just as good as the first and the first moto, just be smart, consistent and, you know, drop the hammer, the second moto. And yeah, so that's kind of what I did. I just, uh, played a smart hand and got the whole shot second moto and made a big mistake. I almost crashed on oh, yeah? the second turn yeah, and, yeah. uh, went back to, I think third or fourth. And then I just charged the first lap and got back into first and then just um, put on a good pace and uh, was able to, to win. And right. it was good. You, uh, you were at a YZ 250. Was it, it was, it was bored out. It was a, was it, or was it 250 stock? The ESR Eddie Sanders 325. 325. So this thing is a yeah. beast, man. It's a, it's a handful, but man, <laughs> if you can tame this thing. It's a, it's a fun ride for sure. What, what, look, you grew up on two strokes. You're old enough that you grew up on two strokes. And, and then, of course, we, we all went to four strokes for a while. Now you're back on two strokes. What's it like? Do you, do you have to adjust your riding the way you ride and everything else? Do you, do you, is it old hand? Is it old hat for you and you're able to do it right away? Does it take, some riding for you to remember how to ride a two-stroke or what's it like the the changeover for you and trying to ride one of these fast well i believe the first thing is and most people would honestly agree and understand is that you have to ride two strokes different they take a lot of energy and you have to be aggressive with them and ride them in the right power band it's very easy to over rev them and obviously bog them when you're in a corner and you're not in the right gear and the right rpm so 
it takes like a certain way of riding a two stroke compared to the four stroke. You just twist, you know, twist the throttle and go. And the freaking thing just, you know, it's like a rocket ship where two stroke, it's all about momentum and keeping good, fast momentum into the corners and through the corner. So when you're riding like, okay, so one of the things that when I ride, I ride my 450 at the bottom of those hills at Glen Helen, I can come in really slow because I'm a slow rider and I can be in second and I can just put around the inside of the rut and I can just gas it and wheelie up the hill because it's a 450 (laughs) and it's awesome, right? Um, It's got the power. Yeah, yeah. It's got the power to pull me up that hill. Do you find yourself, you jump on a two-stroke, do you find yourself being like, oh, shit, I can't do that? I forget that I can't do, I can't ride like that? Or does it, does it come back kind of naturally? Um, well, it's kind of interesting you asked that question because I did the works race a couple weeks ago, and I, and I hadn't ridden a four-stroke since the Fight Club race with Villapoto and okay. Sipes yep. back in May. So on that Tuesday, um, or Monday, Monday, the race for the Washougal got canceled or postponed or whatever, so I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Do I just head home or do I just stay here? So we decided let's hop on a 450 and go race the work series. And after the work series was over that race that weekend on Tuesday, I went back to Glen Helen and on the two stroke, mm-hmm. I went from 60 horsepower, you know, factory motor yeah. concepts, 450 to a 30 horsepower, two stroke, 125. And the, I'm telling you the first two, three laps, I was bogging it everywhere. Okay, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It felt, it just, it felt so different. And it's like, you had to relearn it, even though I'd been riding a 125 since May. Yeah. Just that week of riding the 450, it's like you got lazy again. Right, right. But, dude, how nice is the is the weight? God, it, those, that, that's what feels amazing, doesn't it? It's just the, the, the whole bike is so different. The, the weight right. and the power distributing, the, 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 the torque, the way the thing hooks up out of the corners. Yep. And like I said, with a two-stroke, you got to ride it hard and – and luckily for us, you know, we, we had a good setup at the two-stroke national with Eddie Sanders, and we had a great package with Race Tech. And, uh, you know, we, we, believe it or not, we actually made some big changes between Moto 1 and 2 because okay. first first Moto, I got, like, really bad arm pump. Yep. And, you know, nothing to take away from Dare and all the guys. They were riding great. I just got really bad arm pump. So between Motos, we actually changed over the forks from the 250 to the 125 forks. They were just more softer, plusher. Okay. And we had been doing we had been doing plenty. I'm talking plenty of testing at Glenhelm for the past month. Right. And the suspension was perfect. Everything was set up nicely. But when you get to the race, right, and you got kids that are riding 60s and 80s, and they're on the brakes for, you know, a hundred yards before they even get to the corner, it makes all these little chattery, little choppy bumps. Mm-hmm. So. The suspension setups that we had had, we've been riding with the pros, you know, with McAdoo and, you know, the Geico yeah. teams that were out there riding. You know, the professionals, they gas it all the way into the corner, and then they're late on the on the brakes and on the gas early. So it's it was just, a, you know, something that we weren't really expecting as far as suspension setup. But we uh, we took a gamble in between motos and made the changes and uh, definitely paid off. The bike was way better second moto. And it was uh... – like the okay up down the hills wasn't so, too soft. It held up okay coming down. Oh, I'm telling you, the first moto. So I I, I knew it was going to be rough, but I didn't know it was going to be like that little itty bitty choppy like yeah. bumps coming down yeah. the hill and then out of the corners it was just square edge and just choppy. So when we made the changes between motos, we were really taking a gamble, and uh, thankfully, you know, I I felt like the bike was just night and day better. Right. I was able to ride it hard, and it was visible from. You know, not just from my standpoint, but, you know, the right. viewing standpoint from the people, it was like you could see the bike working. 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, Pulp 20 is the code to save with Racetech, Racetech.com. Get them to do your suspension just like they did with, uh, with Michael Essie. Do you find yourself able to like hop braking bumps too on a two stroke, right? You come in, you like go rip and you go, go over like two or three braking bumps and then you settle into a turn, right? That's kind of cool. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of, and, and you know what? It, you can always learn when you're watching the professional guys on TV, like Tomac, I give that guy so much respect. The way he corners, the way he keeps his feet on the pegs, yeah. but his weight distributing is so even. And the way that he comes in the corners, he doesn't have to put his foot out. And I see that, and I'm just like, you know what? That's something I got to learn how to do. And on the two-stroke, you can simulate that by you know jumping the bumps and keeping your feet on the pegs longer uh-huh. and keeping more momentum and speed. But, yeah, this just any time you can learn from the pros, yeah. top guys, man, you, you take it in and – it's like something to learn and work on. Glenn Helen, you raced the World Vets. I did too this past year. It was unbelievable how rough it gets because for all the reasons you just said, there's all sorts of variety of skill level on the track, and there's 8 million riders on the track, and literally at Glen Helen, there is no smooth spot to go. You know that. You raced it. Two-stroke national, same, better, worse than World Vets for, for roughness? Well, uh, just I would say it was just a different kind of rough. Okay. Um, where like the vet championship, it was kind of more like a national rough yep. where the pros would ride longer into the corners. But this was just like the sixties and eighties holding the brakes on forever yeah, yeah, yeah. into the corner. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, totally no. different, but I don't know as far as the vet championships this year, I don't know, uh, if that's something I will be doing or not just because of the, um, you know, with the election and everything, it's that it's actually that week of the race. So kind of like torn if i bring my family or should i leave my family home or right what i should do so right still got still got a couple weeks to decide that mike i don't think the election will be affected by the world vets i don't i don't see that i just don't know if that's if yeah that's... but california california's crazy <laughs> we've had many elections many times nothing's happened yeah. nothing has happened yeah. we're fine show up come race yeah trump wins trump wins and the california people are going to burn down the state oh boy here we go um, let's hope not hey so uh as far as the, uh, the the two-stroke thing, I really thought – I saw the entry list going into it, and I'm like, oh, JG, MA, that, that, that's going to be a battle. That's going to be great. Now, Josh did okay, uh, but it sounded like he wasn't really close to either moto, I guess. He was – the first moto, he was close. He, yeah. he went 3-4 three, three, okay. for fifth – I think he got fifth overall because yeah. um, Dare went 1-5 for second. Yeah. And Carson Brown went five two for third, and then uh, the Huffed kid he went uh, four three for fourth. Okay, and then Grant and then Grant went three four for fifth. So, right, right. but he rode good. I mean, all the guys did the intensity level. I'm no kidding. In yeah. The first moto, it was on a scale of one to ten. It was I good. Mean, God, dang, it was, <laughs> God dang, we were at a twelve, dude. It was all out intensity. Wow, and those guys yeah, were yeah. they were riding good. Yeah. What was JG on? Uh, Honda. A Honda. He was on a Honda. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, they, they didn't make two strokes for a long time, so I don't know who knows what year it was, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it sounded good. Yeah. It sounded just as competitive the, with all the other bikes. Hanny was out at State Fair on a on a CR250 when I was I was there like three weeks ago at State Fair, and Hanny yeah. was on one, and dude, it sounded sweet. It sounded awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I tell you what, if you can ride them in the right power band, yep. oh my God, they sound amazing when yeah. you hear them on the track. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, hey, so I wrote a, I wrote a CR, speaking of CR, two strokes, I wrote like a CR three thirty or something years ago, and I honestly didn't like it. It, it. it was it had a lot of torque and a lot of hit, but I felt like it signed off early. Um, 
did you, do you find that with the bigger bore YZ250 that no, you rode? definitely not. That nope. thing just keeps going and going and going. <laughs> okay, all right. It, it, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, it just it just keeps going, and, and there's just no end. Right. The power just keeps going. And like I said, if you can learn how to ride the 325 in the right power van, yeah. dude, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet, right? Uh, last year at the uh, race, too, I, I, you talked about your wheels blowing up and Bowers blew up and, and Collier had some like it was the two stroke <laughs> these two strokes they can't stay together they're so old right like it, it yeah. seems like there's a lot of issues with these things well especially too this year with the temperatures at the, te- the two stroke national it was over 100 degrees like 102 103 degrees it was no joke and like I said the intensity that we were riding at it uh it was tough yeah. and like i said the temperatures with the with the intensity it yeah. made for good good racing and i feel like the fans really enjoyed at least the first moto with all of us all bunched up yeah. and riding good where the second moto i you know uh got into first that 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 first lap and then i just took off and was able to win by i think like 12 or 15 seconds and yeah. made it a little bit boring but at least the first moto the fans really got their money's worth how many laps you done at glen hell in your life mike <laughs> a lot a lot <laughs> I've been riding there since I was like literally four or five years old. I know, right? Good. Almost 33 years old now. So Good I've been God. riding a lot of laps. I, I bet. The FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life with Mike Alessi. Uh, brought to you by Firepower Oils and the Mira Pistons, Maxis.com. Uh, the Maxis guy since 2001, uh, I should say the Namira guy since 2001, Namira has been supplying factory level pistons and gaskets for every make and model from two wheels to four. From weekend warriors to top athletes, Namira's advanced piston tech has increased engine performance and reliability at, without increasing your budget. Follow them on Instagram and I'll check out their new 2020 uh, watercraft line as well over at Namira and the Firepower guys. They've got oil now. You know the batteries uh, for four strokes, which are not needed for this two stroke race. And you know the chains that they've had as well, A-Ray and Chiz and a lot of guys starling using Firepower products, but they've also got oil now. It's all new and it was built from the ground up by a leading OEM manufacturer and is of the highest quality, firepowerparts.com. The rest are fortified, full synthetic racing oil blended in the USA. Michael Lessie on the show right now to talk about his two-stroke race and more. One of the questions I have for you here, Mike, was that, hey, did you think of us sticking around for Paula? But clearly not. No. No. No, no. definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, you know, I've been out in California for five weeks, going on six weeks now, and yep. I, I feel like it's time to to, to go home and uh, and start to enjoy the holidays. You know, we got Halloween right around the, the corner, and I, you know, this will be my first Halloween where I'll be able to take Raina, my daughter, yep. and we'll actually be able to go down the streets and get candy, and she understands the concept. And then with Thanksgiving, the following month, and Christmas and New Year's, yeah. it's uh, you know, for me, it's. I haven't done a lot of racing, obviously, this year with COVID. Right. But uh, the two races that I pretty much have done, the Fight Club in May and then this uh, two-stroke race, I've made pretty good money. So um, I feel like it's enough to just kind of maybe just enjoy now the rest of the year and start everything over in 21. That's what I was going to ask you. So you're kind of like you, you raced Canadian Nationals for a number of years. You didn't do it this year. Uh, and you did the two-stroke race, the Fight Club thing. Your plan for 2021, I mean, obviously, if, if the Bullfrogs boss team calls you, I think you, you, you might want to do that again. But basically, now you're at a point where you're like, hey, what's going on in Europe? What's going on in Australia? What's, what Can I race a two-stroke? Can I do a fight club thing? Is that kind of what you're looking at? Like almost like a Sipes, Ryan Sipes type of existence where you're chasing some money and chasing some events that seem fun for you. Is that where you're at? Exactly. Just pick and choose kind of the events yep. that I want to do and races that I can make good money at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm at the point of my age where, you know, I got a wife and a daughter and, you know, I want to be home with them and, you know, 
you know, enjoy life. You know, that's what we all race to do is make money and, you know, get a nice house and have a nice life and then enjoy it. And, uh, you know, if I can, if I can do that and still, you know, pick and choose a couple of races to do here and there and make it worth it. My biggest asset for next year, I feel like is I'd like to go back to Loretta's and race the really? plus 25 really? and, and yeah. the open pro go race all those amateur kids and, uh-huh. uh, you know, see if we can get, uh, you know, the title number 12 and 13. I'm tied with Sansarillo and Stewart right now at 11. Right. And I think that'd be kind of cool to go back there and try to break that record. The problem with that, Mike, is that costs money. <laughs> well, it does. Unless you can get like three or four or five good sponsors yep. and make it worth it, then sure. then I would do it. Right, right. Yeah, it, it, it would be so, interesting to see you back at the ranch. That's for sure. Jeez. Well. Any of the sponsors out there that are listening to this uh, Pulvermex podcast, yep. I need a few sponsors for next year to make it worth it. Let's right. go try to win some titles at Loretta's. Uh, you rode a Yamaha at the two-stroke thing. Obviously, you're tight with the Honda guys because of all the, the work with uh, your dad does with the Bullfrog Spas, Honda, uh, Motor Concepts team. Do yeah. you have a preference, though, for a bike? Like, what would you ride? Well, if you just went out and grabbed a bike, what would it be? That's a tough question, Steve. Honestly, all the motorcycles these days are so good and competitive. I don't think it really matters which bike you get. I feel like they're all about equal. Yeah. Okay. There's not one that you like or prefer or anything else? Do you Do you ride for fun now? Like you mentioned going to California to prep for this race and riding a two-stroke and doing the works thing. But do you ride for fun much nowadays, Mike? Are you getting up and you're like, you know what? Because you've got a property there in Florida and you've got tracks and everything. How much of that do you do? Well, I mean, I d- definitely love to ride. It's in my blood. It's who I am. And for me, like when I can go out to the to the track, the local track where we live in Florida mm-hmm. near Hilliard, it's uh, the Okie Finoki track. And I have my property, too, as well. And it's just fun getting out with the guys and uh, just enjoying a fun ra- you know, ride weekend. It's not about racing. It's just about hanging out, yep. shooting guns, doing a barbecue and having some fun riding dirt bikes. So you do do it. You get out and you ride. If you, oh hell yeah. yeah! Yeah yeah hell yeah! Yeah, um, that's kind of neat. That's kind of interesting because so much, dude. Your whole life has been this uh, uh, this racing motorcycles at a high level and and stopwatches, and you you I might think that you would be like you know what I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to get on a motorcycle anymore unless I have to unless there's money to be won. You know, I I I think it's funny like like no offense to the to the PC or you know the Geico guys at the Glen Helen. I see him every Tuesday Thursday. And I'm just like. God, I, I, I used to be that guy who cared about my lap time and what my lap times were compared yeah, yeah. to everybody. And, yep. and I just see the pit boards out there and the mechanics just <laughs> waving towels. And it's just like, oh, my God. I, I'm like, I, I kind of <laughs> chuckle underneath because it's like, dude, it's just practice. Like, I know. You got to bring it to the race. And, and, and that's where it really matters. I know the practice is important, obviously, but it's just like it's all about a stupid lap time that, that means nothing. Yeah. Honestly. Well, near my end of my mechanicing career – we were starting to put pit boards out in practice every single lap. And I, I got in trouble for not doing it. And I said, yeah, you see that top five thing there? Look on, <laughs> look on that. And if you're not on there, if you don't see your number, go faster until you are. <laughs> like, this is practice. This is, this is practice. We're just go till you're on that big red board there. That's, when, that's what you do. You know, so exactly. uh, yeah, it's, it's getting a, it's getting a pretty, pretty crazy for that end of things. Um, hey, how are you doing with the, uh, well, let's go into works thing. How was works for you? Uh, there was a little bit of a, uh, uh, some, some bench racing going on b- between, uh, uh, Gary Sutherland and myself and Kiefer when we knew you were racing it and we were talking about how you would do, uh, how'd it go for you? Well, 
let's just be honest, okay? So let's hit. L- let me throw you some facts here. Yes, I have not do. ridden a 450 since the Fight Club race in May. So that was what four or five months ago. Yep. That's that's number one right off the top. The second thing is is I have not done a 30 minute moto since Canada last year in August at Walt. <laughs> okay, all right. I have not done a 30 minute moto. So going into this hour and a half, two hour race or whatever it was, yep. it was like, okay, we know we don't have the endurance, the preparation. It was just go out there, you know, have fun and just use it as a practice and an endurance race for the two stroke national. But overall, man, it was cool seeing kids. I'm dead serious. There's kids and adults cheering me on. And I was, I think I finished like seventh or eighth place. And I finished, I think three or four minutes behind the leader, but the people didn't care, dude. They were, they were just pumped that I was there and giving it a try and the last time i had done a works race was in 2006 when i was uh 16 or 17 years old and okay i wrote i wrote a 250 and that was at havasu so oh that one was bad that's a bad one i heard <laughs> that was not and it was the only one i did and yeah. i won it yeah so i had i had high expectations going in obviously but i also knew the preparation wasn't there and yep. not riding you know a 450 for months or doing a 30 minute moto and yep. over a year was going to, was going to be tough. So yep. I, I really didn't care about the result. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. And, uh, believe it or not, I was, I was getting better until the gas stop. And then once I did the gas stop, I'm telling you, it was weird. It was like all of my momentum, <laughs> Every, everything, had, everything left. <laughs> it fucking, it like, it all stopped. Like everything, like I couldn't think I couldn't breathe. It was just like, what just happened? I went really good to halfway and then right at the gas stop, it's like all my momentum stopped and I had nothing left. <laughs> Jeez. But you finished and you had fun, right? That, that, I finished yeah. it. I finished and I had fun. And, right, uh, right. at least I can say, you know, in a, in a, in a works race, I guess it's kind of comparable to the GNCC that Zach Osborne did where he finished, uh, 26 minutes behind the leader. And I think he finished 13th or 14th overall. Uh-huh. So, I, I guess I didn't do too bad. I, I mean, I could, I could have done worse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at Zach's results and he's, uh, he's going to be the champion here in about, I don't know, just well, about three hope, or four days. Let's hope so. so. Yeah. We hope so. He's got a good, got a good, got a good lead, you know, going in. So, um, do, do you watch the Nationals and Supercosses? Did you, are you the type oh, of guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're, yeah. you're glued to the TV. You're watching them. All right. I'm, I'm a fan, man. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, you know, I've raced it for so long and, you know, at the highest level and, and winning races like Freestone and, and Hangtown back in 09, it's like, you know, battling Stewart in 08. It, it, it's in my blood. Right. I watch these guys and I I kind of am happy in a sense. I'm just being completely honest. I watch the intensity and the speed and just the, 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 the pure grit and skill that the Tomac and, and Musquin and, and Sansarillo, Osborne, they're just elite athletes watching them race. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm glad I'm not on the track with those guys yeah, right now. Well, the thing is, is you know the level they're at. You know how all in they are, how much of their life is devoted to that Saturday and their results and how hard they work. And, like, I think you probably are like, yep, I understand that level. I, I've you know, oh, I've had I, to do it. <laughs> I understand it. I was there at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I applaud those guys because, you know, they uh, they're giving it their all and Honestly, the, the people that are winning this summer is the fans because the racing has been outstanding. Yeah, yeah, the 450 class has been really good. You're absolutely yeah. right on that. So, um, yeah, you don't miss that, huh? You don't miss it? doesn't sound like you're perfectly content with everything going on. I mean, because, look, you're 30, you're 33. You could still be racing. Uh, you know what I mean? Tim Ferry, LaRocco, all these guys, they kept going. 
Um, Chad, obviously, you could be doing it, uh, but it sounds like you're, you're perfectly fine. If the right situation, if the right situation came about, I would definitely entertain it. And yep. for me, I would entertain, honestly, a 250, uh, a, like a 250 West Coast or East Coast kind of deal. Just because I'm, you know, I'm still so light. I'm 150 pounds. I'm only 5'7". Yep. So for me, I fit a 250 perfectly. And, um, you know, just ride the, ride yeah. the guts out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so <laughs> funny to the- see you back. Yeah. Uh, Michael Lessie on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast brought to you by Firepower, Namira, and Maxxis Tires. Maxxis Tires, of course, great mountain bike tires. And, of course, Alex Ray, Rod Bell. How about this Rod Bell kid? Right? He's been doing pretty good, actually. Dude, I've been watching the results. I know. He's, he's Almost every moto, he's in the points. I know, and I don't even really know much about him until this summer. And I'm like, holy crap, he's good. Uh, using he's- Maxxis Tires out there on his SGB Maxxis Kawasaki as well. So talking to Mike Lessie, two-stroke champion. Um, so having said that, are you happy with everything in your career? Mike, are you, oh, yeah. are you, are you oh, like, yeah. like no regrets? Like obviously you don't want to hit that fence post in 09. You would have won the title. That's, yeah. Unfortunately, yep. yes. That's the only regret I have is right. doing that, uh, that press day back in 2009, literally just hours after coming off the track at Freestone and yep. getting both hole shots and winning both, both motos. And then the second moto I won by, I think it was like 40 some seconds. And yeah. it just was like, as the, the, the commentators, David Bailey, they're like, this is Carmichael-esque. And it's like, to go to do a press day stupid deal on Monday and uh, and break my knee was very unfortunate. But yeah. you know what? In my career, you can't you can't look at it like that. I've, I've, I've had a great career. I've got to travel a lot of places, yep. make a couple of bucks. I got a beautiful house. I got a beautiful wife. And, man, I'm super blessed with, with how I'm living my life now. And, yeah. uh I, I don't have any regrets, and I'm a happy man. So Dude, I, that's, I just that's the most important yeah, no, thing. that's awesome. Good to hear. I'm really happy about that. I just defended you the other day to somebody who was like one of the biggest busts in motocross was Michael Essie, and I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. He yes, he won eight million amateur championships, but he was a factory rider for you know ten years. He made millions of dollars. He won races across the board except for a 450 Supercross, and he's got 800 podiums, uh, you know, with, to match his 800 number. I would love to be a bust like Michael Lessie. Yeah. I would love that in my life. You know what yeah, I mean? Right now, right now I, I just recently saw it, but I'm still in the record books as tied for, I think, believe it, 37 or 38th all-time 450 win list oh, right okay. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, st- I'm still under the 40 mark, so that's pretty cool. And it, it's funny, like, when I read the, the sites and I see people talking crap or, you know, comments on Instagram, it's just like I, I, I don't even let it bother me anymore. No, I just yeah. chuckle at it because – at the end of the day, Steve, like just being honest, you and me, they can't take the wins that I took that I've I've won, the money I've made. They they can't take it away from me. It's mine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they can say whatever they want, but I don't care. No, and that's what I said. Like, yes, you didn't win any championships, and coming out of Loretta's, you, you know, you were hey, one of the all time greats. Steve, but yeah, Steve, like, Steve, you have you have to understand though. So in 05, you know, there was a few mistakes there with my shoulder popping out mm-hmm. after I won the first moto at Southwick. Had that not been a DNF, right? And then yeah. I had another DNF at Washougal, second moto that year in 05. And then with Langston, the first moto where, you know, we came together, yep. that was instead of 25 points, I got five points. So you calculate those three oh, yeah. motos right there. It, dude, totally different story wow. with with. Never, going into that championship. Never mind the 09 when you were well on your way to winning it. But my point is, is like, like, yeah, again, a very, very, very successful career. And, and also, 
you're racing against uh, a Stu, you know, one of the all-time greats. Wyndham had Ricky, like Wyndham got second in all these championships. And, you know, he only has a regional Supercross title. So, like, it kind of is against against who you're racing, too. And, again, so when yeah. I see this stuff, I just – I'm kind of like I shaking my head a little bit. I'm like, look, 99.5% of motocross racers would trade their career for Michael Essie's in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, you know hey, what I mean? Say at the end of the, hey, Steve, here, here's some real true facts, and especially to the fans and the people that are listening to this. You're only as good as the competition you race against, right? Yeah. I can say in my career I raced the best. I raced Carmichael. I raced Stuart Dungey, Villapoto, yeah. Chad Reed. Uh, Trey Kennard, you name it, I raced them. Yep. And at one point or another, I was able to either race them, battle them, beat them in a moto, beat them in a practice, qualifying time, whatever it may be. Yeah. I can say I raced the all-time best that this sport has ever seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, for sure, man. It's uh, it's it's absolutely something you should be very proud of, and uh, and all your results and and everything else. And yeah, man, like I said, you were you were going to win that 09 450 championship. Chad should pay you some of his million dollar bonuses he got out of that thing so hey he was a smart man and bonused himself and it paid off handsomely. yeah uh what's your favorite race bike you ever had favorite race bike well that 09 bike was good with yep. roger don't get me wrong that thing was really good but yep. i'll be honest man the moto concept bike the one right now it's it, it is so good it's just so fun to ride right. and it's easy to ride the power delivery and the way that xpr they do the engines mm-hmm. it's just the whole package is, and the team, the way the infrastructure, the way that I'm not blowing my dad up, but man, yeah. he, he does a really good job. Like he knows he might be a crazy, you know, fucker from back in the day, but dude, <laughs> he, he, my dad knows he, his he, shit, how to make a bike work. Oh, he does. And he says he's a lot less crazy now without having to manage you. Well, so yeah, <laughs> I think once I, once I stopped racing supercross, I think in, uh, the end of 17 yeah i think he really dropped his numbers from like his intensity at like right, an eight right. or a nine to right. like a four <laughs> so i like but it yeah i would say the moto concept bike is probably the best bike that i've ever ridden the just a, and well also too i think we're smarter as an industry about efi and and programming and all of that than compared to your rmz in 09 you know what i mean correct. like correct like everybody knows that stuff better the traction control stuff all that has come a long way since 09 well, like you said, the technology in over right. a decade, it just the motorcycles have improved. The technology has improved. Right. The engine, suspension, just the way the chassis works. Yep. It's just we're in a whole different day and age of how the motorcycles are now compared to they were 10, even, you know, you know five yep. years ago, honestly. Hey, how close did you and Tony and Jeff come to staying in Europe and doing GPs? Did that Did that ever come up? No, never. Never? No, okay. Never. Right. I, I, no. I was wondering if you guys, because you were over there. You stayed over there for like a month at one time and raced some stuff and all that. I wondered if it ever came up. So That was, that, what you're talking about was the point of 2015. So Genova, Mike Genova. No, I'm talking KTM. Yeah. I'm talking KTM days. Like way back. No, no, never, never. Okay. I, I didn't know if that was ever an option. Like if that was something that you guys were thinking about. Only thing that was close was that 15 season where we did two in Canada, two in America, yep. and two in Europe. That yeah, was yeah, it. yeah. Yep. Uh, and you did the Irish GP one year, and you were tra- training with Tony Caroli one yep. year. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That was that was 2010, and staying in Rome and living in Rome with Tony. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That yeah. was actually some good times. I remember riding with Tony at uh, Naples, this sand track right on the beach, and uh-huh. I'm telling you, the, the 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 rollers and the whoops were probably two times taller than me. 
and, and, I, and I'm watching Tony like jump across them like they're like a whoop section. And I'm just like, there's no way I can do that. There's no way. You're like, wait, you're, are you supposed to just drive up and down them? No, Tony, you're supposed to go across them, right? Yeah, you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go down in them and then yeah, up yeah, them. Yeah, he yeah. jumps across them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, well, I'm glad the guys at Racetech got your bike dialed in for this, uh, for this two-stroke race. Of course, Pulp 20 is the code to save with them. Get motor work done. As well, from the folks at Racetech, they're doing motors, they're doing suspension. You've used Racetech on and off, Mike, ah, 20 years, since, 20, since, 25 since, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was 2000 and I believe it was 2001. That's uh, that's when we made the switch and we were on the Yamahas at uh, World Mini that year. Uh-huh. And we went to the Racetech stuff and I instantly fell in love with it. And since that day, that has been race tech has been my choice of suspension for my my motorcycle yeah they've done a good job with those guys and of course and and, the, and, and not just the suspension but the the, the quality and, and the people that work there rob and wyatt they treat you with such care and you know commitment to like getting your bike better yeah yeah so they're, that's, they're been what, great. that's what and that's what makes it even better absolutely um who's the fastest amateur kid that you remember racing with or watching that never really made it uh, probably, uh, I would say Jonathan Shimp or Shane Best. They were, yeah, yeah. Good names. Um, good pull. Right. Yeah. They, they were two, two, believe it or not, they were two riders that I rode with and grew up with yep. in, in Southern California where I lived at in Simi Valley and Moore right, Park. Right. So we would ride with Shane Best all the time and we'd ride, um, uh, Stabens. That's what it was called. The Stabens. I, I, I used to live at the house at the top of the hill one day with my old rider. And we, I rode with you one day, Mike. You did? 1997 or 8. Was it, was it at Stabens? At Stabens, at the Supercross track. You were on 60s or whatever the hell you were on, 50s, 60s, I don't even remember, 1998. And, uh, wow. and your dad brought you and Jeff out there, and, uh, and I was just riding, doing laps, because I was a mechanic for a guy, a uh, pro rider then, so... You you were you were probably the top mechanic back then, yeah. huh, Steve? <laughs> no, not at all. But anyways, I do remember Tony bringing you and, you and Jeff to ride the Supercross track when you were literally... Six, seven, eight years old, whatever, however old you were, it was it was phenomenal. That's how much you were riding. But like I said, yes. seeing Shane Best back then and yep. just like to to see his career and where it went, and you know, it's 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 something to be said about the amateurs. You know, once it, they get to the pros, it things change, man. It it really does. It it's not the same as amateurs, and no, uh, for sure, you know, the success that you might have in amateurs, more times than not, it doesn't transfer over into the pros, and. You know, someone like Dungey or or even like RV, you know, not super successful as yep. an amateur. Yep. They get to the pros and it's like a light flip switches and they got a good team, a good trainer. You know, it just all starts, you know, clicking. Yep. And um, yeah, Shimp was a good good job on Shimp. I forgot about Jonathan Shimp. Good, very good also. Yeah, for sure. Jonathan Shimp, Brian yep. McGavern. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shane Best. Those are my my yep. my Mount Rushmore, <laughs> if you want to call it. Uh, that that didn't make it right right um well hey man uh thanks for the time i really appreciate it mike congrats on the two-stroke thing uh i saw some video of it, it looked pretty fun and pretty cool um and uh yeah man thank you for the time on the podcast today i think people will enjoy this and uh good luck with everything and i don't know when i'll see you around probably supercross 21 you'll stop by and hang well, out well if you're gonna be at, if you're gonna be at the vet i mean i'm not saying i'm not gonna be there it's uh definitely something i'd like to do yep. but uh like I said, I had a great time this weekend at the Two Stroke National with my sponsors Eddie Sanders and Moto Concepts, Mike Chinova, uh, Blenzall. I just have a great group of uh, of people around me that were uh, there to help me and sponsor me, and 
was able to come out to you know have a good weekend and make a couple yeah. of bucks, which was good. And uh, now we're driving home. Nice, nice. Well, t- thank you for stopping to take the time to do this. I really appreciate that. And uh, thanks for your time today, Mike. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Bye.